spider fans welcome Hi. to han talks first i'm han this and, is chris yes and i am excited <laughs> we're all excited and we have one more guest joining us today too but before we jump into it this is going to be riddled with spoilers it'll be a giant web of spoilers so if you haven't seen the movie bye we'll see you oh later God, or unless put... <laughs> unless you don't care which i i couldn't imagine why um right you know stick around whatever but you can leave your thoughts in the comments you can talk with us live and then of course this is on the audio platform later it's a star wars podcast but every once in a while we talk about marvel and spider-man is one of my favorite characters of all time and so we kind of have to talk about this and we all really love the movie and we're yes. also joined by a friend and a guest who's been on the show a lot in the past zach what's up buddy hey how's it going y'all pretty good you know we just saw this low budget indie experimental art house film up and coming actors up and coming un- actors unknowns, you know i mean it's, i just hope it makes it what does well in the in the oh. circuit for all the festivals uh, it's, it's kind of a tough sell you know but yeah. it's yeah. worth it we'll see <laughs> if they can make their money back you know, ambitious crossover thing. brave move i don't right. know how the fans oh reacted to it so guys this again is a spoiler review Spoilers. the movie's only been out for like four days so if you haven't seen it go watch it go watch it Believe come back it's worth it it is so worth it and um we're going to just dive right into it we'll share our thoughts get into all the spoilers all the goodness and um i guess i just kind of want to start by saying that um so me and chris watched it on thursday night and we went to a six was it, seven seven forty five screening of it mm-hmm. and we had originally bought two tickets uh, at the same time well, the first time we bought it was at 11 because mm-hmm. we and then we realized oh we can get an earlier screening so let's get that but we didn't get rid of the old tickets so we went back to back and we saw it opening okay. night twice in a row seven forty five left around ten thirty and turned right around and go and went to go watch it again <laughs> and uh it was it it's perfect. Usually I don't I can't do that with a movie. It's it's hard for me to watch it back to back like that. But this one we had to. And when we first got out of the first screening of it, um, I told Chris uh, something like it 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 was good. It was really good. I loved it. It's still not my favorite Spider-Man, but I, it was it was amazing. And a part of it kind of felt like, oh, it was all just a dream type of movie. And that's how I felt the first viewing. And then when we came out of the second one, I was like, I was wrong. I was totally wrong. I just couldn't see the clearer picture and what this movie was really about, which I'll share a little later. But I loved it. I thought it was fantastic. I can't wait to see it a third time yes, and a fourth time <laughs> and over and over. Uh, what was what was your initial reaction? I mean, honestly, every single thing that I want to happen pretty much happened except for like a couple things and we'll get to that and but it's not that I didn't like it just I was hoping for certain details to happen in a certain way but it was literally anything a Spider-Man fan could want and I was saying about like the viewing experience it was kind of perfect because the 740 viewing we were pretty much the only people cheering and like excited really <laughs> that too yeah that which we was were... really weird I don't it wasn't like a full full uh-huh. house right we were always the first to instigate the cheering it was but so weird. It was good because we got to hear the dialogue super clearly. Yeah. Every detail we caught. And then the second time, people were cheering because, like, 
Dr. Robotnik was on screen. Like, yeah, we know he's here. But then the for, the, for, the with, like, for the Sonic trailer, trailer. people cheer oh, for yeah. the Sonic trailer. <laughs> so we were like, not that crazy. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it was weird. The second viewing, it was the hardcore fans. So yeah. I'm yeah. really glad we saw it. And I feel like we still were like instigating it because like we knew what was coming. So we were like yeah, riling yeah. up and then we're like, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the guy like next to me, he was having the time of his life. I'm like, oh, dude, same. <laughs> he ruined his pants. Oh, yeah. It stinky. Okay. Had, my theater experience was so cool. I saw it at the, the earliest available that was in Oklahoma city. I went to like yeah. every theater and I was like, I'm going to the first screening that's in the city. So I got the three 30 PM on Thursday. Oh, wow. And, uh, which is, uh, one your time. And so I had, so first of all, I, I was going to buy two tickets, but I was like, no, I want to go to this alone. I want, I want like no disturbance. I don't want to accidentally invite somebody who's going to ask me questions and shit the whole way through. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so I, I sat down and first there was like a, 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 an older woman and a, and a, and a younger man that were like on either side of me. And I quickly realized that they were together and I was like, please switch me seats. Please switch me seats. (laughs) I'm not like doing this, like lean over popcorn shit. So she, she switched Mm -hmm. me seats and then there's somebody in front of me. I was in like the third or fourth row back because I like that mid level viewing and there's somebody in front of me on their phone like towards like the beginning of the movie that was super distracting. And the, the woman that sat next to me, she pulled out her phone and she was taking Snapchats to send her friends, presumably. Oh my God. Uh, the whole time she's asking him questions about what's going on. And, oh my God. Yeah. And like as a spoiler warning, which mm-hmm. you've already done, but like a- after May died, she fell asleep and started snoring. Oh my gosh. And then. Absolutely about, worst timing too. Yeah. And then after Andrew and Toby show up, she wakes up and Tom's on the roof crying uh, like where he and MJ would hang out and she comes up and he's, you know, like may died. And, and she's like, Oh, she died. <laughs> and I was like, yes. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I, that really bugs me. I hate that. There was, yeah. there was a person who was on their phone in our first showing and I almost lost my shit, but they they quickly put it away. But I was uh, I was like, I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to cause a scene in here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I yeah. I hate when people ruin the movies, especially for things like Star Wars or Endgame or Spider Man. Like, like a that's premiere not night. Cool. A premiere night. Like why are you there? Why are you there? Like the so that I can beat you in a baseball yeah. bat. <laughs> yeah, that's. <laughs> well, aside from that, what was your first yeah. experiences once you walked out of um, the theater, dude? I was, I mean, I was emotional to the film. My, my first assessment, like I was kind of like, the pacing is a little odd in this movie. Um, and then I started to appreciate it. What I realized, and I was just telling a friend about this. I thought, this is, this is an odd movie. Like I, I intimately know every character in, in this movie. And that was kind of a nice thing. Like it had the Spider-Man 3 element of so many villains. But... I didn't need to know anything else about them. That was what sort of distinguished it there. So I was like, okay, I know everybody in this movie. There's not a lot of expository that has to come out of this whole, you know, experience of, of connecting with these villains. Cause I am connected with them. So I was, I got over the pacing thing really quickly. Uh, and then, you know, there was just so much candy for longtime fans and Spider-Man's always been my favorite superhero. So like, the very special movie for me. And I was never partial to the Garfield movies. 
I was partial to Andrew Garfield as Spider-Man, but I think the writing was just terrible for what he got. He, he made a good Peter Parker. They all have different elements that I love about Peter Parker. And Andrew, I think, had the awkward, you know, kid down the almost as well as Toby, but in a different way that was more convincing. Yeah. And so I like it was just it made me appreciate his films more in hindsight. Um, I love Tobey Maguire. I mean, that was the first superhero movie I ever saw. So like, I just, I just loved it. I loved the dynamic between the three of them. I thought there was a lot of like plot fodder that bothers me a little bit in hindsight, just like Toby thinking like, I've thought about, you know, curing Norman Osborn in hindsight yeah. a lot since, and then just makes this anti-serum and they do it in a high school chemistry lab. Right. And it's like, well, you know, where does all this come from? I loved yeah, there, there was some stuff that was just like, oh, okay, that's just plugged in for development. And you're not supposed to ask too many questions because it's a movie. But it's kind of, you know, it's kind of like the, the same questions people ask about, like, why was Vice Admiral Hodo, Holdo able to, like, bang through a, a First Order ship using hyperspace mm -hmm. and Han Solo was able to jump through one? Yeah. 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 Uh, I, yeah. There, I, I had some issues with, like, you know, uh, plot issues too or some plot holes narrative things that didn't make sense to me um but not as much as when i normally walk out of a spider-man film i think the the biggest one for me was just explanation on why the three spider-man were all there because we knew why the villains were there yeah. um and then uh, the but the the one problem i have with this movie is the ending and how when peter said let's uh make people forget. make everyone forget who i am and not and it, before he was just trying to make them all forget he was spider-man at the end he said well let's make them forget that i'm spider-man and they actually took away everyone's memory of peter parker in general they almost it wiped his existence from yeah. the world yeah because happy should have still known who he was as, like as May's nephew yeah yeah and then mj should have still known him as a classmate but she didn't even know him as a classmate. So it's yeah, like, how does he just how exist much, in this world? How right. is all his birth certificate gone too? Like, is he a brand new person? Is he even Peter Parker anymore? That's what it was. Right. I'm sure they'll explore it going forward because right. they're definitely doing a fourth one. But I was very confused at the ending. But needless to say, it was it was wrapped up really nicely, and it was something. It was I was really nervous going to this movie. Like, how are they going to end it? How are they going to write this it was very ambitious yeah and there's like there's so much there's so much to talk about in this yeah. movie it's going to be hard to keep this in an hour um but i i kind of want to start with you with like some things that were uh, speaking on the villains anyway for, from a, for a villain's point of view on this movie like what how did you feel about them how they were addressed how they were brought in all that kind of stuff yeah i was gonna say like it's very interesting the choice of villains who came through and all of that because i mean because electro's there but like green goblin for amazing spider-man isn't and people were talking about like oh but did he then get killed by andrew garfield I'm like i don't think so it's just the villains who came through slipped through the cracks it was <laughs> just the people who managed to get through and also it's kind of like a redemption for jamie fox's character because i mean <laughs> poor guy <laughs> uh but it was very interesting. I love how the plot of this movie was like rehabilitation and helping out the villains and addressing what made them that way and trying to 
make sure that they have a better life pretty much like cure norman ausmer if it's like schizophrenic like dual personality like darkness and doc ock i mean his whole like machinery like fried his brain basically but he is a good guy yeah he's just very ambitious and it got control of him literally you have electro who just wasn't being seen and then he completely just i mean sandman i guess he just felt betrayed and like nothing really got resolved but none of them are like bad except for like the green goblin personality if that makes sense yeah yeah i can see that at least for like the characters that they chose it makes sense why they would also contribute and help him but then also like for example max he's like well i like the power i've never been seen and like respected by anyone i kind of want to keep this and it makes sense like there's this whole motivation back in amazing spider-man too he's like he's like oh suddenly i'm not invisible anymore like Mm people like i matter yeah and just goes deeper here i i agree with you i think the the villains were so it was it was it probably was it like availability and willingness but making yeah making goblin the 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 main bad i think in this was was incredible yes, willem dafoe just shredded it like Damn. he was, was like, incredible look at him so ah! good and he- i have to wonder like you know how much like how much of he was actually norman at all like how he was like just kind of like plotting right. yeah mastermind thing like the whole way through because it kind of could have been like a second place thing and he's just like in the background looking at the world and Green Goblin's in control, but he's like really good at like posing as him. But I feel like some moments it was really Norman, at least like when he's talking with Aunt May and at the end, of course, like it's very tough to know. And that's yeah. how you like you realize how good of an actor Willem Dafoe is. It could have gone either way. Somebody yeah. was joking, like, what if he got an Oscar <laughs> nom for this and not the lighthouse? <laughs> And I'm like, it could happen. Who knows? Yeah. Well, it's I, like it reminded me a lot of like you know at the like when Toby at the end of Sp- the original Spider-Man like like kind of nuts up and starts beating his ass finally, and he gets him yeah. against the wall, and he's like, Peter, Peter, it's me. And then he's, you oh know, yeah, I'm not, not going to kill you. Godspeed, oh, Spider-Man. And <laughs> Godspeed, Spider-Man. Yeah. Now, I just want to say, Willem Dafoe stole some of the scenes for oh. me. Like, totally stole this movie. He was. He he never put this character down. No, like he's probably been waiting for the call since two thousand and six or whatever his last appearance was, mm-hmm. and it just it felt so good. And what was what was interesting was if you look at the original Spider Man Sam Raimi trilogy, Green Goblin is or the Willem Dafoe's portrayal of him is very campy. It's very like. <laughs> <laughs> I'm coming for you. Like it's like we, we don't really see that in movies today. Right. But he was able and it really it wouldn't you would think it wouldn't work in like today's Spider-Man movies, but it worked. He changed it a little bit and he made it like a little bit more menacing. That yeah, part like where sinister. he's getting beat in the face and he's just Oh, smiling. he's just smiling yeah, and laughing he's so like cool. He's like maniacally just like yeah. enjoying it. And that he brought... it fuels his like yeah, right that brought me back to the, the my favorite scene in homecoming which is when the the vulture is sitting in the car with pete before he lets him take his daughter to homecoming the dance and he's just like in that car threatening him like this is the last time you're gonna see her you know this is this is it like you're done being spider-man yeah. and john watts 
full credit to him for pulling this whole trilogy off. Absolutely amazing. But he really knows how to how to give us those those yeah those really villain the good villain moments. And I thought Willem Dafoe he was amazing. Others were too. Yeah, it was, and the power of all these villains they showed how really powerful they are. They were all OP. Right. Like Doc Ock was. He was going to kill Spider-Man. Right. He was fully prepared. (laughs) Um, Willem Dafoe, the ultimate uh, villain in this, like you said, Zach, just totally powerful. And oh, yeah, that they were all really powerful in this. They showed their capabilities, Mm -hmm. which that was really cool. Yeah. yeah, I loved how and I noticed, you know, kind of this this thing that was sort of a parallelism between Toby Spider-Man and um, Tom Spider-Man was the extent to which um like it's the rage within mm-hmm. them that gives them the capacity like they have to meet goblin at his level in order to have any chance of like beating his ass like at the end when tom like get, like gets in front of him again and they're on the shield mm-hmm. next to the water yeah this scene and it t- like Tom just like lets loose and you've never seen him fight like this. Like he right. is beating ass and it isn't, I like there was a, there was, I noticed a split in me. Like I wanted, I wanted him to kill Goblin. Um, but, and then I was like, I was so caught by the tenderness of Toby McGuire, like catching the yeah. glider and stopping it from happening, knowing what had, you know, transpired. I love how, I love how this is cycling here. (laughs) Um, And, and like, just the, just this, like, look in his eyes. He's like, I've been here. I've seen this. I've done this. Like, this is not the answer. And it's so interesting because as the viewer, like, I loved uh, Marissa Tomei's Aunt May. I loved her. And uh, I thought, so actually, as a quick aside, and maybe I, I got really spoiled out for this movie. I don't know about you two. But oh, like, no. I, there was just some stuff that got dropped in my lap that I wish hadn't. Oh. But, um, you know, what caught me off guard was I thought that they retconned her death. I knew I knew she was going to die uh, before I went into the movie. And I thought it was a, like, you know, they, they don't have an Uncle Ben to kill in this universe. But right. they do Aunt May instead. And when she got up and she seemed fine at first, I was like, oh my God, like it's, and you know, she didn't get hit by the grenade. Like it's, we're good. And then when she likes, is like, I just need to rest my eyes. And then the blood, I was like, oh, it's happening. She's dying (laughs) and it's real. And so they still managed to make it like, maybe this isn't going to happen for me in my head. And I was spoiled that it was going to happen. I'm so sorry. Yeah. Yeah, that, that scene got me. Oh, was, my brother got that one spoiled. Oh, he did. Sucks. Oh yeah. man, he told me until after he saw it. I was like, "Yep, that's what I was told." I'm like, mm, oh, "I'm man. so sorry." I, I was glad they did it the way they did it because I was yeah. still I was still suspended in disbelief that like, oh, like she made it out of this. Like either this right. is not where she dies, and then she goes, and I was like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> it's like a double fake out. Yeah, it was. That kind of ties into what I think the the movie was about for me, but um, I want to mention you you talked about how you know Toby stops the glider from penetrating through Goblin, and I just wanted to mention how how brilliant the performances one from all three Spider Mans because they don't say anything in the scene, but he says so much with just his eyes, yeah, and he's 
pretty much reminded of the time he sought vengeance against the guy that killed his uncle Ben. And he was, he had that fire in his eyes and he had that, you know, the fighting style that he had never embraced before, like just pure anger. And that was a fantastic scene for me. I, I, I really loved it. Just seeing Tobey Maguire in general was amazing because he is, he is my favorite Spider-Man yeah, and too. it's just, it, it's simply just because it was my first uh, superhero movie I saw as a kid and mm-hmm. it just meant so much to me but yeah seeing we'll um, get into that in a second but with Aunt May I, I did want to mention when I said about after my first viewing I it felt like it was all kind of a dream moment and the second time I was like I got it I figured it out so this movie is really just surrounding the the ideals of Aunt May and her, mm-hmm. her theme of hope and hope for the villains and they meant all, all the villains mention her in some way. Like Green Goblin is even just like you you trusted her. You thought she like could her ways. Yeah, her ways or whatever. And the like first you've been soft or the whatever. first time I was watching it, I was like, I don't really understand what they're talking about here, but they were they were all talking about May. Mm-hmm. And if it if it wasn't for May, obviously yeah. all the Spider Men wouldn't have had something to uh have empathy towards each other for. But mm-hmm. also none of the villains would have been redeemed. Yeah. And it may is the heartbeat of this last movie. And I, I thought it was fantastic. And if there's one thing I didn't like about may, it's just, she broke up with happy. That was ah! it. <laughs> that yeah. was so sad. But, oh my God, the whole thing where it's on May's quote to say with great power comes great responsibility. Like, ugh. And then they, it's so and then beautiful. It out. Yeah. Yeah. And that they both great. like, talk about how that's like what they learned and that's like their whole philosophy like it makes sense like i mean of course like they all had that but they have to like stand by it and keep themselves in check and that's why they're like hey you i know that you're feeling all these things but you can't give yourself into rage because that's why these people are villains because they are giving themselves into the temptation of being violent and aggressive and not purely defending people and the greater good it's just like being selfish and giving into your like desires of getting revenge yeah i agree with you chris i think what it was so neat to have this sense of like i love how they just approach tom with this like this understanding and love like when they meet him on the roof yeah. And he, he's like, you know, like, you guys got to get out of here. Like, the, like, I've ruined everything. And they're like, dude, like, we've been there. We get it. Like, the, yeah, like, Toby understands the helplessness of not being able to save his friend's dad and his best friend dying in his arm. He even mentions it. Like, you know, I had a best friend yeah. who died in my arms after he tried to kill me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The delivery on oh that was God. incredible, too. And, he's just and like, yeah, it was pretty bad. Yeah. And, and Andrew knows that. And it was cool that we got, I think we got like a lot of closure for, for both Mm -hmm. of these people. Uh, Andrew gets to save MJ, which is the moment I bawled. Like I lost it. Like when I saw his face, um, just, just seeing him save MJ and her going, are you okay? And he was like, yeah. I was like, are you? Probably more okay than he's ever been. Yeah. (laughs) And, uh, and, um, Toby Tom's getting to fun. save Goblin, you know, and it was, it was cool, you know, mm-hmm. and I mentioned this as something that bothered me a little bit earlier, like, th- there's a lot of that plot fodder where he was like, I've been thinking about, you know, how I could have saved Norman in the past. And I, when I think about it in hindsight, this is the root of so much pain for Toby is that like, yeah. it caused this rift between him and Harry. 
it caused, you know, well, he, you know, he respected Norman Osborn, like meeting him at the school was a huge deal for him. And then it ends up being this villain that he has to face and he feels responsible for his death. And then he jumps in front and he saves Norman Osborn from getting killed. And then ultimately, you know, saves him, you know, from the goblin. And I, I it's dubious to me that they'll reopen the series with Toby and that they'll reopen the series with Andrew Garfield, of course. Yeah, I, right. I, I doubt we'll see it more, but it, I like that it kind of leaves us wondering, what is the world like back in their world now that Norman Osborn is back yeah. and alive? What is it like for Harry? And I think it like, you know, Andrew still kind of gets the shit end of the stick as he goes back and his girlfriend's still dead. And, yeah. you know, yeah. we still got this adversarial relationship. with His villains were inconsequential. We got Lizard and Electro, um, yeah, and n- none of those. You know, Kirk Connors getting saved. I mean, he didn't die mm-hmm. in the first place. Right. I like how uh, Lizard throughout this whole movie is just vibing. He's like, He's just like yeah. I can make I don't you care a if lizard. I die or if I live. Whatever. <gasps> Takeover. Hey. <laughs> yeah. I'm just gonna chill in the van, guys. <laughs> He's just yeah. chilling. What was he doing in that van? Oh. I'm kidding. Why was it shaking when he was? <laughs> oh my- anyway. Um. Uh, there's uh, i wanted to mention you were talking about their scene on the rooftop and i want to i want to comment on that and kind of transition into how all the how all the spider-man were introduced and how that was how that was played out on screen um but for the rooftop scene specifically when all three of them meet for the first time um i was i was a little worried i was like oh man it's so great to have andrew and toby here what if they steal the show? You know, what if, but they really did a really good job of making the audience know like, no, this is Tom's Spider-Man movie. This isn't theirs. And the way he like kind of shuts up Toby and Andrew, like, no, I'm going to send you guys back. Don't say anything. You know, this is my life. Get back to yours. I was like, wow, they're really, a part of me was like, don't you dare shut up Toby. Don't you dare shut up that Spider-Man. And then but also part of me was like, wow, they're, they're really making us, no, this is Tom Holland's movie, not their movie. Whereas in some ways it still is a Spider-Man 4 and an Amazing Spider-Man 3 yeah. epilogue type thing. But I thought they did a good job of that. So uh, what about what about for you? Uh, when their introductions, bringing them in, how did you think it was executed? I loved it. I just, seeing how Ned was trying to be like, hey, show me Peter. I want to see Peter Parker. Like, don't just say like my friend or whatever. But yeah. He's like, Peter Parker. I was like, dude, you do know what you're saying is so general. <laughs> you don't think it is, but it really is because they do it twice and they get different dudes and they're like, uh, what is this? But oh my God, I, ah, <laughs> I think that it was done perfectly. The only way it could have been better is if like Toby had said like, oh, pizza time or I had to be an old lady with a stick <laughs> or did like like little like dancey dance. But oh my God, he comes in here dressed as Harry Potter and Prisoner of Azkaban. I just, <laughs> yes, he's a cool youth pastor. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh my God, it's the boys. They're here. And uh, when they see each other, they don't j- just do the easy like point meme, which would have been also amazing. I think it did happen for like a split second but they just do i think it's a spider-man game move i think that's where they put it in and it's like the da, 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 and when they go like down at the same time oh yeah okay because it's way too specific i think that's the part that they took from the games because there where was like fight? a reference when they're in the apartment and they like shoot at each other and then go yes and they do like a i, oh, I yeah. love that part so cool um, I, lo- I love toby uh like catching andrew's uh yeah like he, he stopped his, his shooter 
That was cool. Oh my god. It just I love how all the Spider-Men play off each other and they're like bonding over different things and talking about, oh, who have you fought? Oh my god, my back hurts. Can you crack it for me? Or like encouraging each other. It's just really wholesome. And like I I just want them to all be friends and hang out. I just I love Spider-Verse so much. So this was basically like that, but for the characters we have already known. And it was just so beautiful. I'm just like, they're all friends and I love them and I want to hang out with all of them. <laughs> and all those moments where they're they're just talking. Yeah. It felt it didn't feel scripted. It almost right. felt improvised. Like they were just out. hanging out and talking. Yeah. Which it, it may have all been scripted. It may have been improv. I don't know. But it felt like the most genuine scene mm -hmm. in I the film. When they're yeah. <laughs> and you had mentioned before we started how it was kind of like um uh the three siblings, the oldest sibling mm -hmm. who's like Telling everyone, like, you know, hey, be good to yourself. You're amazing, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. The middle sibling who's kind of chaotic oh, like, and crazy. Mm -hmm. And yeah. then the little one who's just like, like you know, hey, hey guys. Help me out. Like, yeah. And <laughs> I feel like Andrew Garfield also is like a lot of like imposter syndrome because he is really great. But the thing yes. is, he keeps putting himself down and he's like, oh, but you guys are better. And like the small one has also been in space now. Yeah. And like the big one, like, good example. Like, there's so many things and he just keeps putting himself down because he wants to live up to the things. And he's kind of commenting on how the fan reception of his movies were because like, there was a lot of unwarranted hate. I feel like he's a great Spider-Man. It's, I just, people have had a lot to say and now they're changing their mind because of this. And I mean, fair. At the same time, you should have known. <laughs> I well, know, you know Toby I was, is great. At the same time, doesn't mean you have to put other people down. <laughs> yeah. I was a part of that. You know, I was so attached to Toby Maguire. And then when they announced they were doing a new one, I was like, no, right. no. And then when they said it was Andrew, I was like, he's too cool. To yeah. be Peter Parker. The thing is, Spider-Man yeah. is cool. <laughs> he is cool. And it, it he's took a great Spider-Man. But Peter me... Parker, I get. It's like, we're used to him being like nerdy in the movies and like way too awkward. And he has that awkward thing, but he's more like, at the time it was like the rise of like the hipster, cool, but like yeah. also nerdy thing. So it kind of made sense. At the Definitely. same time, it feels like a way just like huge shift from Toby's yeah. like nerd nerd. I think they each Spider-Man has caught and Tom is I think is just a very different story because of yeah. his, his integration into the Avengers and, and how we got his introduction. But Toby and Andrew are both so like they both capture one element of Peter Parker very well. Like Andrew catches the genius of him so well. Like they really hype up like his book smarts and like his ability to do calculations and things like that. Yeah. And he yeah. gets that, that really special tutelage from uh Kurt Connors, you know, uh before the lizard <laughs> uh, yeah. entrance. Which I always I wondered if they were gonna do that with the original the the Toby thing. But anyway, not to sort of um uh go non sequitur. But um you know it was really interesting you know, because Toby was kind of geeky and shy, but Andrew, like you said, was like was so cool. He was a genius, but he kind of like he wasn't so awkward nerd. He was like, yeah, he's like artsy. He skateboards. He has a pretty girlfriend. Like, yeah, exactly. And and Toby got like, it was funny because MJ was always kind of like the girl he couldn't get until right until she was aware he was Spider Man. Yeah. 
pretty much. Which is also funny how uh, when Doctor Strange is making the spell and he's like, oh, no, but she is my girlfriend. And uh, what if she doesn't know that I'm Spider-Man? It's like, well, was she your girlfriend because you're Spider-Man? He's like, well, no, I, I don't I don't <laughs> think so. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it kind of makes sense. Like, there's like a slight remnant of that, if any, just like passing reference, I guess. Mm-hmm. Speaking of... Uh... I have a... Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I have a theory, by the way, and I, mm-hmm. I, I don't mean to go too deep, but here I have this. Let's hear it. So I was really interested in the fact that when in the sequence where Doctor, where he goes to visit the Sanctum Satorum, yeah, and he asks Doctor Strange to help him, and Doctor Strange mentions this thing to Wong. It's mm-hmm. so different from what we got in the trailer because Wong yeah. does not say, "Do not cast that spell," and then step through the portal. Right. He does not say that. He goes to right. his, like, don't involve uh, me. Just yeah, leave me out of this. And then in the second post-credit scene, which is really just an extended trailer for uh, multiverse. multiverse of madness, um, that dialogue comes back. And yeah. so I have this theory, this lingering suspicion after seeing that that there is a universe in which, or like a part of the multiverse, mm-hmm. in which Doctor Strange did it against Wong's wishes. And he's torn apart the multiverse just the same as he did with with Peter. And he's now having to face his crimes because at the end of casting the spell at the end of in the universe that we witnessed, he doesn't know who Peter is, but he's being taken to trial. Right. Um, He's being taken to trial uh, by, you know, people in the, in the multiverse or, you know, that I guess probably like some grand council of wizards or something. <laughs> and they're, they're going like, you know, like you're going to pay for your crimes. And I suspect that Mephisto is this kind of bad Dr. Strange that we see. Uh, and there may be some out there that think, you know, that it was cut or reshot, but mm-hmm. I honestly suspect that because we're seeing that dialogue again, um, there's that has something to do with it because I, I cannot I cannot imagine that Doctor Strange would be like what I I did what like as far mm-hmm. as I know like yeah. it's like put together and there's no Peter Parker to speak of right but he's going I didn't mean for this to happen I didn't want for this to happen so he yeah. knows he knows what he did wrong and he's being you know taking a task over it he said the M word I'm I, kidding wait what Mephisto. oh. Oh. <laughs> I'm kidding. I, I love that theory. And when you texted me that yesterday, I, I was like, I had no idea. And I immediately texted Chris. I was like, yeah. Zach has a theory. And <laughs> the thing is, I mean, the multiverse exists. So that theory is technically canon in some capacity. Yeah, yeah. Like, even if it's not what ends up happening in the movies that we watch, like, it's probably canon in one of the universes. It makes sense. Mm-hmm. And we, so kind of, you know, off topic too but Mulders of Madness I'm really so looking excited. forward to uh, especially with Sam Raimi directing um, and it is also confirmed Spider-Man is making mm-hmm. his appearance in that movie too so it, it obviously is probably connected to No Way Home in some way mm-hmm. um, but I also wanted to mention the Doctor Strange stuff in this movie especially the scene where he takes him in the mirror dimension was some of the best so- uh marvel wow. graphics i've seen in a movie so far better than the first doctor strange oh it was yeah and that's already like <laughs> yeah and it was like i'm so glad we're seeing this in a theater yes. like oh it, my God. it's I like it would have been not 
nearly enough of like a spectacle. Yeah, yeah, and and the sound design in it too oh, was so. incredible. Yeah, they it, nailed that. They nailed that. And then Spidey taking like his math thing to here. Oh, and, like, that was cute. That was cute. The thing is also like what you mentioned. I mean, not only them showing like his little like ting- spider tingle. I love that they sense. call it the tingle. Right? <laughs> yeah, I have the tingle tingling? too. I, I have the tingle too. <laughs> I mean, it makes sense. His spider senses are tingling. So like they yeah. brought it back because I feel like people used to think it sounded so stupid. I'm like, but that's what it's called. I mean, you don't yeah. tell Hulk not to smash. <laughs> right. What? So I have to ask you, you both, what, what do you think in terms of, so like, with Peter being in such a an int- he seems optimistic, but he's in a sad way. I mean, there's no Spider-Man film that's ended with Spider-Man being so destitute and in such a yeah. you know like he's in a spot where he literally has nobody. He doesn't have an Aunt May or an Uncle Ben. He doesn't have yeah. anybody to call friends. He's broke. He's got this apartment which is reminiscent of Toby's apartment after he moves out uh in spider-man 3 and you'll get your right when you fix this damn door i was gonna ask like if it is it the same one because like i i wish i could like tell but it feels like it is right it kind of it kind of felt that way and i wonder the door seemed to work so it would have been funny if it was like he turned around and shut it and it just like like, (laughs) but i have to ask you do you think that part of his appearance in multiverse of madness or, you know, part of what's going to go on since they've now confirmed a fourth Spider-Man movie is, is, are they going to fix this? Are they going to rectify this for him? Or is he going to be sort of this lone wolf character? I, I kind of have this speculation and I went on a, I went on a great date last night. Um, okay. and she had, yeah, thank you. And she had just seen, she literally watched the movie and then came to our date. Nice. And she was like, she loved it. And she said, I think that they're going to fix this for Peter. Yeah. I mean, it's a smart way to like, I, I love MJ and like his friendship with Ned too. But like, it would make sense if they're trying to bring Gwen Stacy in or they're trying to bring like Felicia or something like that's how you can do it. Like that way he won't be cheating or doing anything crazy and breaking up with someone just to get a new girlfriend they can do that and if they wanted to bring in harry osborne they could even though like they kind of confirmed that he doesn't exist in this universe or something happened to him yeah that's like implied but i mean that's kind of how they could manage making a new plot point i do do think that he has to get like a new support group because it's just so especially being so young like he's still a kid yeah well and for me going into multiverse of madness or addressing Peter Parker after this film I, I think what is key and what was not explained in this movie and has to be addressed is the very important and very quick scene when Doctor Strange pushes him into his astral projection oh and, and then he just not, crawls back, back in not only can he crawl in but he can his spider sense is so keen he can still move it when That's he's so outside crazy. of his own body so yeah. I think this definitely has something to do that will be addressed in multiverse of madness. Yeah. And it also was like immediately when that scene happened, I, I think I told you, I was like, like how? How, how can he do that? That's right. That's amazing. And I, I think that's going to be a big question that'll be answered mm-hmm. coming soon. But for, for Peter alone, mm-hmm. how does he, how does he get back into the no with everybody? Right. That's such a, it's such a big question. And I think it's, I think it's one great sign of, of writing because mm-hmm. I think they have a plan made already. I really do. Because yeah. well, the symbiotes think, in the MCU now. 
Right, that too. And I think I think what Marvel has been doing for a lot is Kevin Feige tells his writers, write yourself into a corner. Mm-hmm. And then let's come up with the craziest. Uh, the craziest way to get out of that corner because we can do anything. Yeah. And they proved they proved it with this movie, right? Yeah. I, the whole time, the first 40 minutes before Andrew and Toby show up, I'm like, if they come in this movie, because I was still a little like, ah, it still could not happen. Mm-hmm. I was like, how do they do it? Right. Mm-hmm. But they they do it. And I, I think they have a plan for what they're going to do. I don't I don't know what it could be because watching this movie alone as the movie's unfolding, mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't know where where this is going. I, yeah. I'm so in the dark. Like, the spot that got me the most, like, where is this film going is right when he captured all the villains mm-hmm. and he locked Doctor Strange in that dimension Mm -hmm. and then he was like okay let's let's work out what you guys are gonna how you're gonna get home and i was like how is this movie gonna unfold i i was that's probably another reason why i love this movie because they gave us nothing in the marketing which i loved Mm -hmm. they also close off the book of of ned having the capacity that he's such a natural gifted magic user which again seemed like a plot movement thing like Like it could really just be anything kind of like a because he's not based on anyone, is he? I don't think he has like a comic. I think he's brand like new. Yeah. He's, a, he's a character in the Miles Morales comic Oh, series. got it, got it. Yeah. Oh, 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 my God, yeah. yeah. So he is Miles Morales. I mean, he's he's, he's doesn't have a... I can't... I am not like in the roommate. camp of thinking that uh, the Into the Multiverse, Into the Spider-Verse is a very great movie. I know, I know a lot of people loved it. I just you can't say that in front of me. You okay, I won't say... I won't say... I, <laughs> I'll say this. I won't say it again. I'll just like, okay, I thought better. it was, it's very enjoyable. Very, very good Spider-Man mm-hmm. movie. But it was, it was, to me, it was very campy and it was very much a kid's movie and I enjoyed it for what it was. And also I love, I have all of the Miles Morales comics mm-hmm. and I love them. Um, Ned is Miles Morales' best friend in those comics. Mm-hmm. Also, that's like Miles Morales reference. I was, ho- I mean, I'm hoping maybe <laughs> that can be a plot <laughs> in the new Spider-Man music and, and not music movies, um, because Miles Morales exists in the MCU. We just haven't seen him. We've seen his graffiti and we've seen his uncle Donald Glover. So, like, maybe we can get Miles Morales, yeah. and he it can be kind of like the Spider-Man games where he's like, because they made him look like Tom Holland now, mm-hmm. the Spider-Man from the video games. So, like, he can be the mentor and just have. Yeah. Miles Morales be another Spider-Man. It would make sense. It's not like they can't do it. Speaking of uh, Into the Spider-Verse, mm-hmm. the animated, um, I was watching a bunch of interviews with Amy Pascal and Kevin Feige, both the producers of mm-hmm. No Way Home. And um, Amy Pascal has has produced every Spider-Man movie since 2001. And she had some interesting things to say about uh, Into the Spider-Verse mm-hmm. when she was asked about... Um, that project and it was actually phil lord and is it tim miller uh chris Chris miller Miller. it was actually their idea to bring in andrew and toby into the spider-man uh coming together Mm -hmm. and they actually wanted to do that in in, into the spider-verse and the they were they were they were already sketched out and they were going to be in there they were going to voice it and then because they have to make it to be able to pitch it. So it wasn't right. official, but they like pitched it. Art. Yeah. So they pitched it to Amy Pascal and she had said, um, it's too early for that. Mm-hmm. But she said, hold on to it. Because they had and this planned out, right? Basically. At that time, she had already talked with Kevin about it. So 
I think there's still a possibility to see Toby and Andrew in animated form because, we have because two movies for there's it. two more Into the Spider-Verse movies coming out. But I just think that was some interesting background on, on that. Yeah, go ahead. And um, oh, let's see if you can get so out of here. Go ahead. Um, so one, one thing I wanted to mention, too, was uh, talking about, uh, since we're kind of talking about Ned a little bit, was uh, his rela- Peter Parker's relationship with both Ned and MJ. Because I think they were really highlighted in this film more so than the other previous installments. And especially MJ. So for me, when MJ was first introduced in Homecoming, I really loved her her sarcastic humor her mm-hmm. her kind of attitude or snarky comments and things and i thought she was hilarious and fun and i was so glad she was going to be mj and far from home far from home came out i think it was a drastic change in her character i didn't i wasn't a fan i love her chemistry with tom holland oh really because I, I don't see it a lot uh, the the dialogue between that like it, it's somewhat there the chemistry yeah i i not for me i guess so I felt it in the third one more, but I didn't like MJ in part two. And I was really nervous going into No Way Home because I was like, I really don't like what they've done with this character. But I really felt like they brought back her original type of character in No Way Home. And I I thought uh, Zendaya did a great job, too. I really loved some of the moments she had. And especially for Ned, too, that I was kind of nervous. They'd push him aside like they did in uh, Far From Home. They really Uh, felt like main characters in this movie. They did, yeah. yeah. I was glad it was emphasizing that that great moment when Andrew and Toby were like, well, I've never worked as a team. And it, Tom is just like, well, I, I know how to be in a team. And mm-hmm. just kind of rounding out everyone's story in a little way like that, which was really cool. Yeah. I, I loved that, you, to, to that, that moment when he was like, I didn't want to like make this a big deal, but... I'm an Avenger. And they were like, that's great. What's that? <laughs> <laughs> right. I love that too. That was so great. Um, when he was that, like, uh, I'm an Avenger. Oh, what's that? Oh, that's are you great. in a band? That's, that's, that's yeah. phenomenal. Like, what, what, what is, is that? that? <laughs> it was so cute. Because it makes sense. Like, all of them work on their own. Like, right. they don't know what the hell an Avenger is. They don't even know what anyone else is. And I think it's interesting that Tom has to now go like he has this moment of I just like I've worked in a team for a lot of this stuff, except for like the last movie, you know, there's some Nick Fury and and things going on. But like he really had to he's now moving into a space where he is very much alone. Mm -hmm. And I mean, one easy resolve for that. To me, if they don't go in the direction of fi- you know fixing things and making people aware of Peter Parker again and not having him live this depressing, lonely existence, is he could just go to the Avengers and be like, "Hi, look, I can shoot webs out of my hands and I can <laughs> I can beat all of you up. <laughs> I'm strong." Nobody's forgotten who Spider Man is because. everything still happened so i mean i'm sure the avengers and i mean happy knows about him and i'm sure they there was still like the iron man like connection and all that so i mean he might still be able to like not have to reintroduce himself it's just like his personal life is kind of gone in a blank slate yeah The, the only way i see that to like really explain it is like everything happened as it always did but people's memory has just been wiped of him so like they yeah 
they have this sense of Spider-Man, but they don't have mm-hmm. a, like a, a memory of any interaction with Peter Parker. So like now that May's dead, Happy always remembers like being around May and dating her. And he remembers like working with Spider-Man, but he doesn't recall Peter Parker being her, her nephew, being right. like, living with her and stuff. But right. it, yeah, it's just, it's just, so that's such a crazy sell to me. <laughs> uh, I want to ask you both about uh, your, uh, your favorite moment in this and also uh one moment that you thought was the the funniest to you while you think about it um i want to address some people in the chat which i will be deactivating after this video because there is some spicy material in here for some reason if you see me looking away it's because i'm deleting the comments oh thank Thank you so much so i'm on it too i just want to uh you know welcome if anyone's watching live and uh if you're watching this on the playback you can leave your comments below i'll respond to everybody um but dark sage nine one stuff coming on twitch okay cool uh dark sage nine one one seven um has an unpopular opinion that they wanted to share. So I have not screened this, so let's find out. I did not like this movie as an avid reader of Marvel Comics. This is not Spider-Man. This is not what he is. I personally think they should follow as close to the comics as possible and only change things if absolutely needed. He goes on and says, I may be in the minority and I understand the need to appeal to a larger audience, but I feel personally this movie is not what Spider-Man is or about unless they have a viable reason to change or tweak a story or movie, leave it alone. But that is just my two cents. I was not a fan, and I think this was a terrible Marvel movie because of the direction they went. The one thing I, I question about what you're saying here, Dark Sage, is did you like the previous two? Uh, I think I need a little bit more context. Are you, are you not a fan of like all the Marvel films, or was it like just this one didn't work for you? So if you want to give me some more context on that. But hey, I don't think you are alone. I think there are some people out there who don't like this movie. And, you know... I don't like some Marvel films. Yeah. Um, sure. Yeah. I mean, Black Widow was not very good to me. Um, I, I take issue with the, I, and I, I don't mean to, to denigrate you in any way, Dark Sage, but I hear this a lot. This idea mm-hmm. of we, should, we need to be faithful to the comics. And so like, to be fair to like most of like comic book heroes is that to be quite frank with you, uh, comic book heroes weren't were really just not fucking cool before cinematic world got to them like they really like comics it's not a niche thing of course there's a lot of consumers in comics but if you like if you look data wise if they're they're, i'm and i don't have any data in front of me but iron man was not as cool as iron man has ever been until tony stark took him to the screen yeah that's true and there's so much stuff in the movies that like you i don't want to see comics replicated comics are their own thing yeah they they epitomize camp too like It, it, there's comic book panels like are like there it's so much like no burying the lead and they they, they frankly it can be kind of lame there's always been sort of like censorship to comics i love comics and don't like i have a i have boxes full of them and i used yeah. to collect just particularly star wars stuff but they're so campy and they're so I mean, they just there's so much more freedom to move around and, and bury plot details inside of movies, and it, and it's and they should be their own thing. They should sort of experiment yeah. and move on to, you know, exploring things that you can't explore in comic books. 
another thing is that comics aren't even faithful to the other previous comics. There's so many different runs and versions mm. of the characters, different stories. That is true. There's so much to explore, and the MCU movies and Sony movies and like whatever movies, like all the superhero adaptations, most of them are just a different version of the character, a new story to tell. Yes, they borrow from the comics, and there's a lot of like Easter eggs and references. But that's just to keep the fans involved and be like, oh, my God, it's just like that one thing, but they're doing it this way. Let's see how this turns out. I don't think it's not like it's a novel where there's like a specific lore always. There's, oh, my God, kitty. Sorry. This is, this is Teddy. <laughs> Sorry. Bye, Teddy. Oh, bye, kid. Bye, Teddy. Yeah, I got, I got <laughs> another one. But I feel like there's a lot of room for creative liberties and making new versions of characters because there is not one set yes spider-man does have to be bitten by a spider yes spider-man is mostly called peter parker even though everybody can anyone can wear the mask but that's like the whole point of spider-man too like just because this is not the same peter parker that we've seen before doesn't make him not spider-man which is the whole point of -hmm. spider-man that anybody can be that and represent that responsibility and the power and just wanting to do good, being a friendly neighborhood superhero. Yeah. Yeah. But hey, Dark Sage, thanks for sharing your thoughts. Yes, thank you. Um, and who knows, maybe you will get that Marvel movie you're looking for someday. Mm-hmm. I, I've never read a Spider-Man comic, so it's hard for me to, to speak on this. Uh, the only one I've actually flipped through is the Miles Morales one, surprisingly. Uh, when that first came out, I was kind of shocked by the cover. I was like, a black Spider-Man, interesting. And then the movie came out, I was like, oh, cool. Um, but still, I've never read one. So, um, and now, yeah, I, thanks for now that I think about it. I said that Ned is his best friend in Miles Morales, but yeah. his name is actually right. his name is like Gank Ganky. I don't Ganky? know how to, yeah, Ganky Lee, but he looks like Ned. What a name! Yeah, what a name! G A N K E. Oh, Gank, got it. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. I thought you were saying Genki, like happy and like Japanese. I'm like, that's kind of weird. His he's happy Hogan, and <laughs> yeah. I'll take one more comment here from Twitch and then uh, we'll get into our last thoughts. Uh, this is from Wretched Eel. Um, <gasps> yes, says, I'm more interested in knowing if Venom retained the knowledge of the broader MCU universe. Nothing indicated he forgot about Thor, Hulk, etc. Mm-hmm. So what do you think? Well, to be fair, that scene was within the MCU and it was before he got sucked back into his world. So that's why he was learning about all the Avengers and everything that happened. I don't know if he's going to retain any of that information because the spell was specific about forgetting about that specific Spider-Man and Peter Parker being linked, but who knows? Mm-hmm. But it is exciting that the symbiote is in the MCU now. And is and, he Venom? Is he just like an offshoot of Venom? Like, yeah, I mean, I think it's kind of like how Venom became a part of Carnage and that's how he was born, but it's a sep- whole separate entity yeah. because I do love the Simbrock that is from the Venom movies. I think, like, I do enjoy them as a, like, an anti-hero good guy, yeah. like, with good intentions, but being complete chaotic mess. Yeah. <laughs> I love that dynamic of, like, wanting to do good, but also, like, I have to eat people to survive. <laughs> like, I think it's just so fun. Their dynamic is amazing. I, they're just dumb fun. <laughs> and as yeah. much as I was looking forward to seeing Venom in the actual movie, not just a post credit scene, I I loved that 
he was just sitting yeah. at a bar the whole time getting it makes drunk sense for his character <laughs> it totally does. he yeah. would just be like yeah you know whatever i'm gonna find him but honestly go, i gotta get drunk first <laughs> right I, I it, venom's so great so good and yeah. then he just gets sucked by like he couldn't do anything but i mean there's like a little bit that could happen leaving the door open for venom to actually be a venom a villain this time yeah because i yeah. could not yeah. i could not stand the fact that yes oh my god it was so exciting he was gonna be in far from um, no way home but i didn't want him to be a villain because i don't uh, this specific yeah. venom i'm just like what if we get villain? like our own tom holland sort of black suit spider-man mm-hmm. that like we get the emo tom holland uh, Jack, we get, do we get jazz time? I, I loved that. <laughs> um, I, I could see uh, it. I yeah, think I, I, because we haven't seen Venom yet with the iconic Spider Man right. logo on him. So I think he has to absorb him at some right. point. And also, I mean, we don't know if there's Nettie Brock in this universe. There could be. There's been oh, other true. characters yeah, yeah. that have similar names from characters from the comics or other movies, but it hasn't been explored yet. So I don't see why Actually, not. Actually, yeah. What if it, what if uh, the little the symbiote version, the little black goo? What if he's look he's for looking for that universe's Eddie Brock, and it yeah. is Tom Hardy? And he's like, right. And Tom Hardy's like, what is this? He's like, you don't know me, but I know you. Trust me, or mm-hmm. something like that. And like, then it <laughs> will be like. At the same time, then it would be um, like, um, unless this like Eddie Brock is like much more like less wanting to be a good person, or if this Venom is like much more detached from like the experiences of Venom, the entity. And, I don't know. And in the but- MCU universe, Tom Hardy is still with his wife. Because that's one thing I always wanted to happen in the Venom movies. I'm like, please get back, get back together. Please get yeah. back together. I'm Power interested. Trouble. Yeah, I'm interested too in this idea of um, the you know that they have J.K. Simmons in like as an yeah. as an Alex Jones yes. character. I mean, that, it's so timely. I it's love so, that. Actually, I think there are, there are a couple of years. I love this in the basement. <laughs> yeah, and then he like he starts making so much money. You can see right. that he's all he of a sudden like this crazy world. studio. Yeah, yeah. I, I like the Alex Which is Jones. Basically, comparison. what happened though? But Spider-Man and then him selling the, the little supplements. I'm like, oh my god, they're going like. <laughs> I'm Peter Parker. I'm gonna hang you up by your toes and slit your throat politically. Politically, I'm gonna. <laughs> we need to make a, oh, a mashup. Yeah, how far he's fallen? It, 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 yeah, well, it's funny too because like. Alex Jones is so out of the dialogue now. And to to me, there was a little bit of like, I don't, I don't want to, I do not want to betray this idea that I like think Alex Jones is cool at all, (laughs) at all. But like that was like, that was like the wokeism integrated into this movie was to sort of denigrate that like a character like Alex Jones and like kind of malign. But at the it, same time, it makes sense because the whole character of J. Jonah Jameson and like the Tobey Maguire movies is that right. he's so willing to get like a out there story and like headline that he does not care about the truth. He's like, Sputter, we don't know if he's good. Maybe he's evil and we don't know about it. I'm going to run with it because that will sell papers. And right. the equivalent yeah. to that is grifters like that who will just make anything up for controversy, even right. if it's actively harmful to people. Well, think about that shows like how, how relevant this movie is mm-hmm. with like Mysterio was right. Right. You know, and they think have of our no political environment anything, right yeah. now. It's very reminiscent of that and like all these conspiracies about covid it it was represented in this movie in like a different way which i think is 
subconsciously another reason why i really connected with it and thought oh wow this is this is interesting and like yeah. oh my gosh the mysterio people just just go just get out of here like uh so that was interesting too very relevant to today yeah um but from you uh baby what was what was your takeaway uh let's get our last thoughts here and before um, we before we close out and like i guess favorite scene overall takeaway takeaway, i thought it was really cool how basically the previous spider-man heroes spider-man they've been their villains haven't been just the villains themselves but the mistakes of their mentors because they all were like authority figures and people that they respected and seeing how they fell to like their like over ambition and like greed for power and money and whatever maybe not money but just powerful and how they also relayed to tom holland spider-man to not fall to those desires and like wanting just power and revenge and learning from the mistakes and when they also learn from the, their mentors mistakes just yeah. like relaying over information that sounds really dumb no, no, i feel no, I like it. i, I didn't no, put it on correctly I, I i get you and i think it's also a part of like you know this opportunity for them to rectify things yeah yeah like I do to, it to right this better time. yeah and for but like favorite scene it's really hard because i really loved pretty much everything about it i love their interactions but i was i forgot when you did the introduction but when you said i'm han i want to say and i'm a bit of a scientist myself <laughs> <laughs> and i forgot and i threw it oh, right man. after said and i'm excited i'm like well yeah i, I love that moment <laughs> Yeah, that was such a little. I'm just like, thank you. Yeah, I wanted like, them to do the meme with the Spider-Man so pointing at each other. Yeah. Oh my god, it's just the comedy was so good in this, and it was also like so like emotional. It was just every single emotion. I'm just overwhelmed mm -hmm. and happy. Mm -hmm. How about you, Zach? What's your takeaway? Takeaway. Um, it, it. I thought it was. I'm still trying to really form like coherent sentences around it, but I, I really felt like it was a, a matter of, you know, don't stray the path, no matter how dark and destitute things get. It's not, you know, that it, it is always right to follow, you know, the, the intuition that you can help or that you can make things better. And just because it doesn't seem to like be working out in the short term, doesn't mean it's not going to have, you know, long-term goodness um, that comes out of it. And I, I don't think that sounds very cogent as a thought yet, but I'll, I'll figure it out. My, my favorite scene and mostly because it elicited the most powerful emotional response for me. And surprisingly so, because I didn't realize how, how I could feel for Andrew Garfield and having the opportunity to save MJ uh, yeah. and, and feeling like I, I didn't, I'm not a failure. I, I, I am. And I just bawled. I like, I, I have not cried at a movie like that, you know, since, yeah. since Goodwill hunting when he's oh like, my it's God. Not, it's not your fault. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like I've cried in movies before, but that was like, I full on like just lost control of my, the locomotion in my face. <laughs> yeah. It was really beautiful. Sorry. Yeah, no, uh, the whole movie's great. It's hard to pick one single moment. My my takeaway from this is just the the performances. All the performances were just solid, so yeah. solid. I mean, they're aside from Jamie Fox, I really loved <laughs> all of the characters in this, and I thought they performed very well. The reason I say that is because I feel like it was a completely different character from the Amazing Spider Man. 
you know, not just his looks, it, but, but still weird. Yeah, and and I just don't like the sup, bro. Like the new new, I, I just don't like that. It wasn't like, for me. Hey, it was out of character. Spider Man. Hey, Spider Man. Yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> and that's like cool. <laughs> I think Zach got frozen. <laughs> oh, he's like. <laughs> Uh, oh my might, god the also, signal might I have gone out in the mean in in case he comes back in the meantime i'm just gonna say we have not mentioned him but oh my god mad murdoch oh right <laughs> right right oh he's back right yay but oh my god i was so excited to see him he's back and he has the little sunglasses and the moment that he took the break and he's like how do you do that i'm a really good lawyer i'm like oh, there he is that was cute. So but, good. Uh, I'm so I, excited. And with Pinky coming into Hawkeye too, I'm just yep. like, let's go. And I think my my favorite moment, scene, whatever, is just when all three of them are meeting for the first time. Yeah. And it's that emotional moment. And they're all talk, They're all connecting. They're all mm-hmm. like realize, like, I, I felt like he needed me. And then they find each other and they, they all help each other uh, kind of get closure. And yeah. th- that scene was my favorite part. I think if I was... The most emotional it was during that scene right. which is it wasn't a sad moment it was just a like a brotherly fraternal kind of moment that really spoke to me and that was that was my favorite part yeah. but uh, overall this film is fantastic mm-hmm. we're definitely gonna see it again oh yeah? yes oh my god and <laughs> i mean at some point you know i really we were supposed to do this show originally with omar as well who, who you guys have not <laughs> met yet but at some point Maybe he'll be free and we can talk again. Maybe he'll about, see it by then. <laughs> maybe he'll see it by then. Um, but yeah, this was fantastic. Um, mm-hmm. And Zach, thanks for thanks for joining us. I know there's still a shitload more to talk about, oh but God, yeah. um, got to keep it short today. Um, but maybe we totally. can do it again. But um, tell people where they can find you and um, anything else you want to to say. Yeah, man. Hey, likewise, thanks for having me. You can hear me, right? Yes. Okay, excellent. Yeah, thank thank you both for having me. It's always a pleasure to do these chats, and I I love Spider Man, you know, almost as much if if not as much as I love Star Wars. So having the chance to talk about this is really cool um, for for me. And and um, yeah, I mean, this has been great. You can you can find me on the internet at at Zach Valadon on Instagram and Twitter at Zachary Zaladon and. Uh, I run a podcast called The Pen, The Sword with Zach Valadon, where I talk with creative people. There's an episode with Yuhan. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm always on the interwebs and down to talk Spider-Mans. I'm down to talk uh, Star Wars, Harry Potter, all of that nonsense. Um, and uh, yeah. I, yeah, I'm just, I can't wait to see the movie again. I'm, I'm sad I've only seen it once, but uh I wish I wish after you have a ticket you could like scan it into Disney Plus or like Stars and <laughs> just start sick. watching it from home. That'd be, sick. That'd be amazing. It'd be, it'd be so cool. Like, hey, I did my due diligence. I got you guys box office money. Let's go. <laughs> right. And uh, for the, for those of you that don't know, like I said, Zach's a guest on the the regular podcast, the Star Wars podcast. He's been on a couple episodes. We're trying to do another one about the Last Jedi uh, and have a panel of guests there for that too. Um, but yeah. Uh, for you, baby, where can people find you? Uh, well, you can find me here from time to time on the Hauntos Rich podcast. You know, when things are, when I'm able to come in, I guess, <laughs> and not just sit on the bed right next to them instead. <laughs> but uh, I am also on Instagram. I at I am Race Crispy, and on Twitter, I am Mochi Lord. Currently, might change that up. Who knows? But yeah. 
I'll see you around. <laughs> and uh, for everyone else, again, if you're listening to this on Spotify or Apple or Stitcher, anywhere, podcasts are found. Rate, review, subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Come back next week to hear the Star Wars conversation. The Book of Boba Fett comes out next week. We got a lot to talk about. <laughs> and uh, like on this video, subscribe. She's eating my face on the little button part there. Um, but yeah, and today there was also a, another episode of Haunt Talks First oh, talking yeah. about the return of Harrison Ford to Star Wars. So if you're interested, go back and check that out. That dropped earlier this morning. Mm -hmm. And uh, we will be back uh, as soon as we can. Mm -hmm. And uh, thank you guys for joining us and reach out to us. Say hello. Thank you so much. But until then, remember, with great power comes great responsibility. And let's go skinny dipping. That too. Cure some asses, everybody. Let's See ya. Cure that ass. Bye. Lots of love. <laughs>